Matthews got it. Toss sweep right side to McKissick. He throws it back to Stafford. Stafford's going to throw it deep down the field. He's there. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Oh, baby, a little bit of magic. What's up, Lions fans, and welcome to the Blue Blood Podcast. This is your host, Jonathan, alongside here with your host, Colton. Hey, guys. How's it going? And today we're coming at you with episode five now. Looks like... Feels like we've been doing this for a while now, but we're only five episodes in. Hopefully you guys are liking it so far. And the info we're going to be going over today is the 2019 season recap. It's a sad story. If you guys watched the Lions at all last year, this won't be great, but it is still our last season and we got to look at the most recent history and add that into what we think 2020 is going to be like because most of those players are still on our roster. So... Let's go ahead and start off with week one. Um, Colton, go ahead and talk about who our week one opponent is and the result of that one. Yeah, so for week one, the Lions were at the Arizona Cardinals. Um, they ended up tying, of course, 27-27. to 27. Um, Let's see, I had a couple of notes from this game. I was actually at this game, by the way. Um, nice. I sat in front of that Hawkinson touchdown when Stafford rolled out to the right. Um, anyways, insane. yeah, it was super fun. Uh, at least the first three quarters were, Oof. um, but yeah, Hawkinson had his biggest game of the season. Um, six, uh, six catches, 131 yards and a touchdown. And then there's one last thing I want to get off my chest and that's the whole trust me thing. Do you remember when that was going around Twitter? Yes. Yeah, I do. So I don't know if they didn't show it on TV or whatever, but, so I remember this play vividly. It was to my left, and it was Galladay, Amendola, and Marvin Jones were all in, like, a bunch formation against the sideline. And there was confusion mm-hmm. like crazy. And then they got set literally, like, two seconds before the play clock expired. And I think it was, like, third and eight or something like that. Like, a play where you can't give up five yards. Um, and so the coaches called a timeout, and then that play was, like the play still kind of ran and it was a wide open what do you want to call it an out route by JD McKissick for a first down but I just want to point out that I would have called that timeout if I was Patricia because that it was mass confusion and you can't afford to give up five yards and it wasn't even Patricia it was Bevel which is why he said that yeah oh I didn't know that's the problem yeah they were still gaining chemistry which is crazy well I thought did they actually get the first down? Because I thought they didn't get the first down after that happened, and that's why everyone was pissed. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, J.D. McKissick would have gotten the first down, but the timeout was called. Oh, oh, I know what you mean, I know what you mean. Okay, yeah, no. That was something where you got to trust the quarterback. But I agree with you at the same point. Yes, you can't lose five yards on a third and long like that, but trust your quarterback. That's yeah. He's there, granted, he knows what the hell he's doing. Yeah, granted, I hate the play call 100, like 100% that was called after that, and that was like a four verticals, and like it was played perfectly, so there was really nothing to do. Anyways. Yeah, that was dumb. I actually remember that. No. Yeah. But Solid start to the season, fantastic offense, and then the defense started to struggle, and we started to see even the, the thing Patricia's talking about now that the Lions need to close better. Way better. So you want to talk about game two? 
Yeah, so week two, it was the Chargers, um, Los Angeles, not San Diego, even though I still be saying that, versus the Lions at home at Ford Field. So it was a low-scoring game. It was 13-10. to 10. Uh, We did get the dub, so that was what is most important. The game was, yeah, 13-10, to 10, like I said. We actually had a Matt Prater missed extra point in that one with touchdowns to carry on, and the Kenny Galladay go-ahead touchdown actually at the end of the game. Highlights from that one, the Tavai punch-out on the goal line. That play was actually amazing. He went up and met Eckler in the air and punched it out right at the goal line. And that game also had two touchdowns called back on by the Chargers, so that very much helped us. And the game-sealing interception, another one of my favorite plays by this man, by Darius Slay after he had actually been getting played very well against uh, Keenan Allen, and Keenan Allen was catching pretty much everything on him. But he baited Rivers, made him throw it, and he caught the ball in the end zone. Turnover, game over. Uh, yeah, pretty much don't got anything else on that one. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I think this was for uh, Kenny Galladay's first game where he started to really find a stride in 2019. He had eight catches, 117 yards, and a touchdown. So a fantastic start to, yeah. to his season. Exactly. Oh, and this was the game. I don't know if you guys remember or not, but it was when Carrion Johnson had that spin move, the juke, and like the, I don't even know, like a mixture of something. He just juked out and made three people miss. It was only you're like an extra like, five yards, but it was yeah, you're an talking amazing about like the play. best five yard run in NFL history. Yes. Oh my God, that was nuts, bro. <laughs> Like, that was amazing. Oh, and also his bobble screen touchdown. That was fun. That was the one that Carrion had in that game. Yeah. That was, uh, woo. I got me on the edge of my seat. But let's go ahead and move on to week three. So we're sitting at 1-0-1. We're a little excited. Felt like we should be 2-0 right now. We're still technically undefeated. And let's see what you got now. We're going into week three. So, yeah, the Lions in week three uh, were in Philadelphia against the Eagles. They ended up coming away with a victory, 27-24. to 24. Um, This game was kind of back and forth. It was really, looking back, the most confident I was in the Lions in winning this game. At one point, it was 20-10 to 10 with a really commanding lead um, late in the third quarter. Um, but three plays really stand out to me in this one, and that's the Ag- Agnew return touchdown. I think that was in the first quarter. And then, yeah. let's see. These two plays kind of go unnoticed. Uh, I want to see if you remember. In the third quarter, I actually wrote down the time. At around 3.25, the Eagles sent out a blitz. And Stafford had like three defenders in his face and led Marvin Jones to the right for a first down. Do you remember that play? Was it a... Was he running a crosser or was it a corner? Yeah, a crosser. It was a crosser, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that one then. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember that play like freaking out like like truly He's realizing amazing, how dude. how fantastic Stafford is. Um let's amazing. see. And then one other one that it took you that long? I'm just kidding. I mean not not but I mean like it's like <laughs> holy cow, this guy is like amazing. Mm-hmm. Um just a little reminder one, for you. <laughs> yeah. And then let's see, one other play that stands out to me um in the fourth quarter was that Dammy Danny Amendola toe tap uh sideline catch. Do you remember that one? Oh my goodness! That was one of my favorite plays by Danny Amendola all season. That was nuts, dude. You I gotta, like, loved that play. Yeah, you got to look up that picture where he's like, got both feet in, and his body's at like a, 
pointing downwards, but his feet are still in. It's like awesome looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. And he got injured on that play too. I think it was his shoulder. Yeah. But the dude got up. Like he jumped. I was like, I didn't know a 5'8 dude could jump that high. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, it was really cool to watch. And then, of course, I remember that one too. That was a good one where Stafford was coming off. I think it was off of his back foot. He threw a post corner to Marvin Jones in the end zone. Marvin snatched that. And honestly, to your point, I was kind of opposite in that one where we were up 20 to 10 and I was like, oh my goodness, please don't blow another lead. I was nervous the whole time. I was so scared. I really was. But we ended oh, up pulling I off meant, at the end. Yeah, I meant that that was the most confident I was in the Lions the whole year. That doesn't mean I was confident that they'd win. Oh, <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, you remember that when that, I think it was, it was super late in the fourth <laughs> quarter and the <laughs> kick was blocked. Do you remember that? The Eagles oh, advanced all the way back to their 30, and we're like, goodness. Because if they would have scored the touchdown, it would have been like game. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. I was like, oh, okay, we're going to lose. This is it. This I'm like, we just <laughs> blew another one. It's whatever. Our yeah. season's going to be trash. I was so pissed. But, yeah. yeah, we ended up winning that one. It was a very close game, like you just said. But it was exciting. Another one. Man, yeah. every, all those, <laughs> it just gave me heart attacks, man. It's crazy. Okay, we're going to go ahead and roll into week four. This was, as crazy as it sounds, my favorite game by the Lions in 2019. We did lose this game, but we got screwed multiple times, like usual, by the refs. And this was the Lions versus the Chiefs game at home in Ford Field. This was a game that we showed that we could play with the heavyweights, and we did. We lost 34-30. to Yes, we had chances to win the game, and I think we should have, but we didn't. But the amount of times we got screwed over by the refs, we had a play. What was it in particular? It was Kerryon Johnson fumbling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then they let the play go, and I think it was Steven Nelson, I'm pretty sure, returned it 103 yeah, it Rashad yards. Breland. Rashad Breland, sorry, and returned it all the way back for a touchdown. And no one was running after him because it was a play they all thought was dead. Yes, it's the Lions' fault they didn't run after him tackle him, but at the same time, 9 out of yeah. 10 times, that's whistled down. At least. That's like 9.5 out of 10 times. Or the a ref came in to grab the ball, and so that's why everyone That's what like, it was. Yeah. And, and like what do you expect? The ref subs running in for the next play. It was so dumb, man. Like, I was so pissed. Like, after that, I was like, all right, fuck it, whatever. Like, we're not going to win. Just, yeah, they don't want us to win this game. And I honestly, I don't know about you, but I honestly felt like they did not want us to win that game. They were going to do everything they could to not have us win that game. Because if we would have won that game, they would have scared the shit out of the NFL. So I think, I don't think the NFL's rigged, but I do, I think the Lions had to play a perfect game to beat the Chiefs, and they did not do that. And that's going back two and a half things. Um, Two of them being the fumble one of them being the carry on one like i don't know if you remember but he was down at like the half yard line and then he reached out and i don't know to me oh yeah 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 hold on to the ball like play for the next down it's not like it was third down fourth down or whatever and then the other one that was a killer and nobody talks about this is that stafford i don't know if you remember it was like third mid third quarter i think stafford rolled out to his left and got sacked on, like, the 10-yard line and lost the ball. Yes. 
I was rewatching that game. I watched a few games. That was a big yeah, one. I, I love Stafford to death, but he's got to hold on to that ball in a close game like that. I remember, I might have been 2018, but it might have been 2017. I can't remember which year, but he had like seven fumbles or something like that. And like, yeah. it's just something he does. So when he goes out and he's ready to throw, and when he's running, sometimes he'll just drop the ball. And yeah. he's a smart and cerebral player, so he knows where the ball's at. The problem is sometimes with how bad our offensive line has been, when uh, he does have a scramble drill, they don't know to keep blocking, and there's a guy that comes out behind him and he gets knocked out every time. And it's yeah. something, yeah, I'm pissed at the linemen. It's probably about 50-50 Stafford and linemen's fault. And, yeah, that was a huge play. I remember we watching that game. I was like, oh, my gosh. That that was that was huge. It was a huge yeah. play. I, I do think but, this was Justin Coleman's yes, uh, best game of the season. I think we should have won that game. But, yes, I agree that we had plenty of opportunities too. But at the same time, I don't think the NFL wanted us to win that game. And they're glad that we didn't because Stafford really did outplay Mahomes in that game. He did. So that's fair. That's a very positive note for the future and for this upcoming season is that game, even if we did lose. But I let's go ahead and one last note, real quick, is that I yeah. think that was uh, Justin Coleman's best game of his of the season. Where, yes, where sir. A, where he had a couple because Darius Slay was out uh, because of a hamstring, I want to say, uh, from the yeah, Eagles game, hamstring. and. I was terrified, and he, Justin Coleman, showed up and balled out. Oh, yeah. I was scared, too, because I was like, all right, we're going against. We went against Hardman, or was Hardman out? Because I know. I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I know Tyreek Hill was. Yeah, Tyreek Hill was out, but Hardman was in. I was like, all right, we still have a freaking speedster. I'm like, we're going to get screwed. But no, yeah, Justin Coleman and that peanut punch, baby, that was amazing. Every yeah. time, I, when I was rewatching that game, I was like, good lord. Dude, if he gets back to that and he has, like, let's say one every two to three games, though, that's huge. That's huge. So, yeah. yes, that was definitely just Coleman's best game of the season. And also, he is a guy that is underrated. He did not play as good in the back half of the season, but I still think he needs to be talked about more because he's still a very solid corner. That's my that's my rant on him. Now, let's go ahead and bring up week four of the 2019 season. What do you got on that? Week six. I'm at week six, you know. <laughs> Same thing. Uh, let's see. So the Lions traveled to Green Bay, Monday Night Football. We all know about this game. And they ended up losing 22-23. to I'm not going to talk about too much, talk about it too much, but hands to the face. Uh, we all know the legitimacy of that, that at least one of them wasn't. Um, the non-legitimacy one, of it, yeah. But one huge, I, and I know... Like, penal- those penalties should have been called and the Lions could have won the game. But the red zone offense yep. was awful. Like... It was. Like, Stafford... I mean, Stafford didn't have his best game. He only had, like... He was 18 for 32, I think. For, like, 280... Not 200. Yeah, 280 yards, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this game really just gave me um, vibes that I got from, like, the from the Pittsburgh Steelers game in 2017 where the offense was decent until you got in between the 20s. Yeah, and it was, it was and yeah, off. exactly. And it's almost like, okay, I hope we really don't get into the red zone. You're like, I hope we score from far away because we're going to have a better shot than if we get condensed yeah. because they don't have a good playbook, they don't run the plays as sharp, and they're just not as efficient. 
So yeah, I know exactly where you were coming from. Like even the start of the game, like where uh, they did the flea flicker and he chucked it to Kenny Galladay. When they got into the red zone, they didn't finish. Yeah, they just came away like, with a field goal. That's stupid field goals. We should have won that damn game. I'm pissed. We got screwed out of that one. We 100% got screwed out of that one, just like we do every single time we play that team. I hate it. But, yeah, that game that game probably pissed me off the most out of the whole season. It, it definitely pissed me off the most out of the whole season. Well, I think refing had Anyways. a huge problem in 2019, and that game kind of brought it to the NFL's attention. Not sure if they really did anything about it, but it brought it to the national media attention where every single analyst, Colin Cowherd, Dan Orlovsky, everybody was saying, you cannot be letting refs blow these games. Yeah, but what are they going to do? They can't have us replay it. Like, they screwed us. Like, they really did. Like, I don't. there's not an excuse for that at all. No, I'm so not I saying don't there get... is, but I'm, I'm saying it was brought to the no, national... No, no, yeah, no... Yeah, I agree with you, but, like, to a point, who cares? Like, yeah, it's cool to, like, spread awareness for it on social media, being like, okay, we need better refs, but they're not going to do anything about it. They didn't do anything about it. They need to freaking learn how to call a game or not get paid because it's freaking, I think it's rigged, but that's just my opinion. I'm a conspiracy theorist, what can I say? Anyways, um... That team just pisses me off. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to, what is it, week seven now? Is that right? Yep. Okay. Yep. So we got the Vikings at the Lions. I don't really want to talk about this game very much either. Our <laughs> defense got shredded. We lost 42-30. to 30. Um, We even got within five points with three minutes left. All the defense needed to do was stop them once, and they couldn't even do that. Kirk Cousins yeah. murdered us. Kirk Cousins in his play action, literally he could do whatever he wanted. There was nothing that was going to stop him. Yeah. We had we had no blitzing. Our, our coverage could not cover for that long because we couldn't get to the quarterback at all. We had zero pass rush. We had zero pass rush the whole year. Yeah. So, yeah. That game sucked. Yeah. The only other note I have on this is that um... – I think I personally think this is one of Stafford's best games of this of the whole season. Uh, he had four touchdowns and absolutely shredded the Vikings defense. Um, and he did. He, he did have one interception, but that was in a you know crap time end of the game mm-hmm. type thing. So, and this is also the game that Carry On got hurt. Yeah, that is another. That's a significant note as well. Um, let's go ahead and move on to week eight then. Let's see what game you got for us. Yeah, so this one was kind of the positive note. Uh, kind of took out the sour taste in all of our mouths after the past two games. Lions played the Giants at home, and they won 31-26. to um, This game I really started to notice Justin Coleman and Rashawn Melvin, and they were really not very great. And I have a note here. The defense was average against a below-average Giants team. Yeah. Um, but the offense, I think, was on point. Uh, Kenny Galladay had six catches, 123 yards, and two touchdowns. And yes, I also sir. think this is this is one of Trey Flowers' best games of the season. Um, I think he had three sacks, and I know he had more pressures than that. Yeah, and this was a game. Yeah, you're right. Like you just said, 
I, I got excited. It was cool. I, in my opinion, like you just said with the defense, I think we should have whooped them. Like I don't think it should have been that close, and our defense was just not good, even against yeah. a below average team. It was just it was bad. Our defense was bad all year, but it was cool because we got a W, and yeah. Last one of the we season, won, maybe? We, exactly. We most likely won't be talking about any more of those the rest of the season. And let's go ahead and move on to game nine, or week nine, sorry. Game eight. Um, this was the Lions at the now Las Vegas Raiders. It was in Oakland at the time. That was the infamous, excuse my language, what the fuck game. <laughs> Uh, offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel took out both Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay who went nuts during this game. Both of them could not be stopped at all. And he took them out when it was... Uh, yeah, it was fourth and goal. Um, yeah. And he tried to throw a touchdown pass to not TJ Hawkinson, not even Jesse James. He tried to throw a touchdown pass to our third string tight end Logan Thomas to win the game. That was a horrible call. I think it was Why a in horrible. the world Wait, why? sorry, what were you saying? What? No, why would you well, let's see let's see what you got. Let's see if you could try to defend it. So I am not trying to defend it. It's a horrible call. I was pissed. <laughs> I I went upstairs and yelled to my family that I wanted Patricia fired. Like I was yep. like, I'm done. Never watching Lions game again. Until next Sunday. <laughs> um, but no, I think it would have been a lot better play call had the Lions had like a decent running game that game. But they didn't. So it wasn't a good play call. Yeah, our running game was trash. And it was, yeah, it was a horrible play call, man. Like, you take out the guys that, it's just like basketball. You got a hot end, you're going to keep passing it to the shooter. In NFL, you got two guys that are literally catching anything and everything that comes their way, even catches that aren't even catchable, and they're still making a grab somehow, and you take both of them out. I, yeah. I, it's okay if you take out one of them. Maybe they're, maybe you take out one of them, you use that guy as a decoy, then you throw it to somebody else, but you take out both of them. That's stupid. It's He got too creative, and he shouldn't have gotten that creative. Throw it yeah. to the guy that you know is going to make the touchdown catch, tie the game, go into overtime. But the Lions end up falling 31-24 to in another really bad defensive performance. This Yet again, also, our defense is letting us down. Yeah, this is also the game that Stafford ended up breaking his back. That was the next thing I was about to bring up. Yep. So That was the game that injured Stafford's back and knocked him out for the rest of the season. I'm pretty positive the play was on him. It was like a mishandled snap or something like that. Or just a broken play in general, and he actually decided to run and like yeah. duck down, and, and got and, like, crunched, I think it, right? Yeah, it crunched essentially. Yeah, like everyone, I think he even took a second tier and was like, "Oh, is he okay?" He got up and was like, "Oh, sweet, he's good." It was just the adrenaline talking after the game was over, his season was over, so yeah, really crappy. And I'm like, okay, I kept thinking the what if game. Okay, maybe what happens if he wouldn't have ducked there and. Uh, tried to play tough what happens if he would have been like another quarterback and just like kneeled or not kneeled um slid but he didn't and it's always going to be a what-if game but at the end of the day i'm not going to fault him for trying to get more yards be tough and show his team and lead by example and be a football player so yeah. it is what it is and yeah. that's when our season started to go downhill so 
you can go ahead and talk about the next game. Um, I, to be honest, I don't have many other notes for, to be honest, for the rest of the season. Um, we, I didn't, I wasn't excited. It felt like no matter what the Lions did, they were all, always going to lose, which they did. All the rest yeah. of the games. Um, but yeah, I really don't have many notes on any other game. What about you? I mean, I got some notes, but it's nothing great. We played Lions Cowboys game. Uh, yeah, Jeff Driscoll fun. actually, yeah, it was. His stat line was pretty impressive. He went 15 to 26 for 210 yards, two touchdowns, and he also had 50 yards. Oh, 50 yards rushing. But guess what? We only had 70 yards rushing total, and bad defense again. The Cowboys put up uh, over 30 points on us, and both Michael Gallup and Randall Cobb had over 100 yards receiving. Oh, so Slate did that sh- game was shut crappy. down Cooper all day, all game though. So that was fun to watch, I guess. That that's that's true. But other than that, yeah, I mean, the Lions Bears game. Uh, you talked about Thanksgiving. Lost 20. Yeah, we lost 24-20. to 20. That game was close because the Bears that, suck. That game was actually really fun to watch too, I think. And it gave me immense hope for the future post-Stafford because eventually that time is going to come. And it made me realize the Lions could actually be not 100% awful when Stafford leaves. I'd, if see, Stafford and I don't even leaves. agree with that. Be- I don't even agree with that because it was a game against a team that was bad. And we couldn't even beat them. And yes, I know it was without Stafford, but we couldn't even beat them. So. No, but but I mean, like, okay, give them a solid defense, and Blau could maybe win you a game. I mean, he was doing just fine the first, what, first half? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he had a really good first half in the second half. He was below average, so it evened out to okay. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, that's... Yeah, I think David Blau maybe. I think David Blau's like future, his ceiling, out of everything, is a game manager. Yeah, he's not gonna win. He's not gonna win me games. I would never want him to be a starting quarterback. I'm not gonna be excited about that. So, yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying. Yes, I think the Lions have pieces. I agree with you. If that's what you're trying to say, yes, I think we have a we have a lot of young guys, and we'll go ahead and talk about. Um, those guys in future episodes, but we have a lot of young guys on the team that are going to be good. They're going to be really good, and they're building, and they're Bob Quinn's drafting better and better, but it's still not good enough. We're not a contender team. We're not the Ravens. We're not the Saints. We're not the Chiefs. Look at their rosters. We're not at that caliber, and I don't know when we're going to be. We've never been that caliber. What do you think? I think the 2019 roster is that way. I think the 2020 roster, obviously we'll break down into this a little bit later, but I think the 2020 roster has, like, our whole theme has been of this podcast, that low risk, high up, high potential. And I think that summarizes the 2020 roster perfectly, where, all right, worst comes to worst, the lines go 7-9, and nine, maybe 6-10. and 10. Like, staff, assuming, like, no major injuries happen. I think that the Lions can be decent, assuming their defense isn't 100% awful like it was this year. Yeah, that's true. Well, okay, just to wrap up the rest of these games, 
we we sucked. Um, I had the Bucks game. We got whooped by Jameis Winston oh. and Brashad Perryman, thirty-eight to seventeen. <laughs> um, that's stupid. The Lions-Packers game. Um, only highlighted about that. Well, we almost beat a team that was a hundred percent overrated and is still a hundred percent overrated. But we almost beat a team that had thirteen wins on the season. And the only highlight for us, really, in that game was the Amendola touchdown pass to Blau. That was actually kind of cool. I'm not going to lie. You talked about that last episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, one more thing that we didn't talk about over these last couple of games is is Amani Oruarie. Ooh, mispronounced that probably, but nah, whatever. Dude, come on. It's Oruarie. I can yeah. nail that. That yeah. number 24 cornerback. Um, <laughs> he actually had a pick against the Redskins. And against Aaron Rodgers, so I think there was some stuff to build on there, and I think that's building up to this hype that we're seeing now during training camp. And that pick against the Redskins, that was smooth. I was watching that again. I was like, oh my goodness, he like he fought he fought him for the ball, and it worked. Stole most, it, yeah, like nine times out of ten, that ends up being a catch by the wide receiver, but he worked for it and. You had no idea how excited I was when he intercepted 12. I was jumping through the freaking gym. I was so happy. I was so excited for him. I'm like, oh, my gosh, we got another starting corner. And then, yeah. yeah. But yep. I, I still think that I think that he can – He, if I had to predict right now, I think he'll be our starting corner at the earliest, I'd say, like, week nine – or week 10 of this season, at the latest, I think, week 1 of next season, to be honest. That's fair. So, Like, across from Okuda? Yeah. Yep. You know, what? I've, I, I think do. I've said this before. If Trufant ends up being our third best cornerback, I'm feeling really confident about our, our exactly. secondary going forward. Yeah, 100%. It's going to be nuts. Because Coleman's not that old either. Yeah. But, um... Anyways, uh, let's talk about a couple trades real quick, and then you can bring up your question that you talked to me about earlier. Yeah. So uh, I'll start off with the first one. Um, we traded Diggs midseason, right before the trade deadline. Quandre Diggs, if you guys don't know who I'm talking about, I'm pretty sure everyone knows who that is. Uh, we traded him and a seventh-round pick to the Seattle Seahawks. In return, all we got was a fifth-round pick, which ended up being Jason Huntley. Um, he got traded because he spoke out against Matt Patricia. And yes, he was injured in the games that he played with us, and he wasn't as good in those games, this, this season, of course. But he's a good safety. We've talked about this on previous episodes. I think he's a top-15 safety, easily. Um... Maybe a little bit better, maybe a little bit worse, but I think he's top 15. And we didn't trade him for very much, simply because him and Matt Patricia butted heads. But what are your thoughts on that one? A little bit different than yours. I think that that's all we know. That's all we've been allowed to see is that Quandre Diggs and Matt Patricia didn't get along, and obviously that's the case, but I think there might have been some... Of course, I'm just speculating here, but I, I'm agreeing with you that Quandre Diggs is a really good player, and I think that you don't trade away your good players without reasons. I'm not sure. I'm not 
trying to say anything, but I I, I mm-hmm. guess what I'm saying is my hope is that there was some behind the stuff things that we don't know about. So I'm trying to convince myself not, that's a that, bad that trade. it was a decent trade. <laughs> yeah, like no no question it was undervalued. It was a surprise to all of us, and I was like, what the hell? Um, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think. I'm much happier with Harmon and Walker than I am Quandre Diggs and Tracy Walker. To be honest. I guess. Yeah. Because that's putting Harmon at that um, flying free safety over the top, being able to move and do anything he can over the top, and then bringing Tracy down to the box, whereas you're going to want Diggs down in the box and Tracy over the top. I, I get, yeah. From a schematic standpoint, I guess I do feel comfortable with that more too. Yeah. So, but in overall, who's better and who has the brighter future and age and contract and everything like that? I'm going Walker and Diggs. But yeah, that trade happened, and it is what it is. Yep. So, you can go ahead and talk about one more trade. Um, this one has been very well televised and talked about <laughs> everywhere, and everybody seems to have an opinion on it, and it's just peachy. Mm. But so, yeah, let's go you, for it. I'm guessing you want me to introduce it so you don't shed tears while we're recording here. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but let's see. When did that even happen? March, <laughs> April? I don't even know. Yeah, March. Yeah, no, March. It was March. It was oh March. yeah, it was March. It was March. Yeah. Um, and the Lions traded away Darius Slay to the Eagles for a third and a fifth round pick. Um, I think he, you were saying you thought it was a little bit undervalued. And I think it's the same, but I realize that he is an older cornerback at just around 30 years old. I get it, he's a really good cornerback, but I think that um, I wouldn't have been comfortable paying him if I was running the Lions, especially at the price that it sounded like he wanted. And it sort of just seemed like a natural split was coming. So I totally get it. And I'm at peace with it now. See, and my take on it is I saw it was coming. I just didn't want it to happen. Um, It was a lot different than, like I told you, I think I said this on the last episode, I have players that I'm emotionally attached to because they're guys that have personalized in the locker room. Those are the guys that you're excited about when they make plays. You're happy. You love watching their post-game interviews. You like watching them practice. You like them talking to the media. You want to get a signature from them. You want to get their jerseys, etc., and two players, three players that were like that to me were Quandre Diggs, Darius Slay, and Golden Tate, and all of them are gone. So the Golden Tate trade to me was more of a shocker, whereas this one was a slow rolling. I knew it was coming at at this point, especially. I'm like, okay, it's he's just got to go, which it sucked. And yes, I do think he was a little undervalued. With that third and fifth round pick, though, we did get Jonah Jackson, which is going to be, I think, honestly, a solid uh, guard for us starting. So that's awesome to see. And... Quintez Cephas, who is better than I thought he was, that is for sure. Glad to see he's making plays. And then we also did save $10.5 million against the cap, which that's a good amount, I'm not going to lie. But I think I would have been a lot more comfortable with a second and a fourth. That I would have not been happy about, but decently happy about. So if I had to say my opinions on the trade now, it sucks because... He was a great player. I still think he's a top three corner, if not top five corner in the NFL currently. 
and he is now not on our team. Would I have given him another contract? Yes, um, that's where I'm different. Um, agreement with you on that one. Would I have given him like a four-year one? No. A three-year with a team option after two years? Yes. But also, um, like you were saying, with his age, I think that he only was going to have one more big contract, and I think this was it. So. Yeah. Gotcha. Those were the two trades that we had that very much impacted the team this season and changed the landscape of the secondary locker room. So, yep. yeah, go ahead and ask your question for me, and I will think of an answer out of the blue, actually. Okay, so alternate reality here. Uh, Stafford slides, spikes the ball, throws it away, whatever, doesn't get his back broken. He's completely fine and healthy going into week 10 and stays healthy for the rest of the season. What is the Lions record in 2019 if Stafford doesn't go down? Okay, so what we're 3-4 and 1 at the deadline, right? 3-4 and 1 after the Oakland game. I mean, I say deadline as in <laughs> when Stafford yeah. gets injured. Um Okay. We beat the crap out of the Bears. So, 4-4-1. Four, four, okay, I agree with uh, you there. We lose to the Cowboys for some dumb reason. 4-5-1. We beat the crap out of the Redskins. What is that? 5-5-1. Five, five, we beat the Bears again. We're going to sweep the Bears. 6-5-1. We lose to the Vikings again, I think. 6. We beat the Bucks 7. Beat the Broncos 8. Lose to the Packers because... It's dumb. So I think you have we to go eight, seven, and one. I guess technically it's a winning record. Wow, I didn't even think seven, about eight, that. Seven, eight, one is a losing record. No, I said eight, seven, and one. Okay, gotcha. Okay, yeah, I see. So the only difference I had is I had the basically I uh, counted Stafford as eight points, and that's how I determined it. So I, like you, week ten at the Bears scores thirteen to twenty. So then I gave them a dub there. So then they'd be at 4-4-1. Four, four and one. I gave them mm-hmm. a win versus the Cowboys. 5-4-1. Uh, win against the Redskins. 6-4-1. and one. And Then I gave them mm-hmm. a win against the Bears on Thanksgiving. And 7-4-1. and one. And at this point, we're like thinking, holy cow. We're like somewhat decent. Right? 7-4-1 <laughs> and one, sitting at, with four games left. Like, you got to think there's some potential, like, postseason there. But then I have them going on a three-game losing streak. Uh, at Minnesota, the offense just didn't show up, period. And we obviously saw how the Stafford Lions went against the Vikings in Week 7. So I still think they lose mm-hmm. that one. I still think they lose against the Bucks. Um, final score mm-hmm. of that game was 17-38. to I think Stafford's good. I don't think he's enough to overcome the defense. Uh, that got shredded by Jameis Winston, and then I ha- still yeah. have them losing to the Broncos, seventeen to, tw- or I don't know what the score would have been, but still have them losing to the Broncos, and then that puts them at seven, seven and one, and then this one I was kind of uh, on the on the fence with, but I ended up giving the W at eight, seven and one, so still a winning record. Um, I don't think that would have made the playoffs, right? Because the Rams went nine and seven no. and didn't make it. So, yeah. Well, okay. So yes, let's say that seven or eight wins after 
a six and ten season, so we would barely improve. Yeah, that's crap. That's crap. Everyone's saying, okay, that uh, yes, the defense had injuries, but if Matthew Stafford would have stayed healthy, and that's our record, and we moved one to two games, that's nothing to be proud about. You mean from season to season? Yes. Okay, I told under Matt Patricia. I totally understand that, but I'm I brought this up more as not how much how little the team improved but we're an 8-7 and 1 team that just added Jamie Collins that just added Danny Shelton that, that just added Deron Harmon that added all these pieces that, Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, so we maybe yeah, this so roster we were, could go we were, 10 and 6, 11 and because 10 a jump from 8-7 and 1 to 10 and 6 is not insane. Yeah, you know? but we went from a yeah, a mediocre team to a playoff bubble team like that's cool, but that's not getting me excited. Like, yeah, you're right, and we were talking about this earlier, the NFC North is weaker than it usually is, so maybe that is enough to actually win the division this year if we get to... I think if I think 11 wins is the magic number this year. I think if you get to 11, you're winning the division. I think 10, I think the Vikings still yeah. take it. But 11's a lot. That's... I know. And I think 11's a lot. I don't think 11's enough to make it... I think 9 is enough to make it to a wild card with there being 7 now. Yeah. But, um... Like... Yeah, a wild card. Us making a wild card round is not going to get me excited either. I think double digit wins. And Ooh, can I hold you to that? It... Hold me to what? Like Lions are nine and seven with a playoff game, and if your tweets say I'm excited, you owe me twenty bucks. <laughs> Shut up. No. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. You'll uh, be excited. Okay. Nah, Lions no, are nine and now. seven. No, 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 I, I know, but these are my two... No, I'm going to say this real quick, though. These are my two circumstances where I am going to actually be happy with Matt Patricia. The Lions go 9-7 and seven and win a playoff game, or they have double-digit wins, so 10-6 and six at the minimum, and win the division. Either one of those two happen... We, if, we lose a divi- if we lose in the first round of the playoffs as a division winner, it is what it is. But we win a playoff game at 9-7, and seven, I'll feel happy. So I'm going to be okay with either of those circumstances. Pretend... The Lions go ten and six as the first wild card team, and they lose. You're saying don't bring P- Patricia back. Depends on the score. As dumb as that sounds. Depends on the score. Twenty-seven to twenty-three. Oh, yes. Yes, you'd bring him yeah. back. Yes, I would. What if it was a garbage time touchdown? So the, it was actually twenty-seven to like sixteen. That means our offense didn't play very well. They got scared, and our defense let up almost thirty points against the playoff team. So we weren't even close to good enough. So, jeez, oh, you're like no, really be, on the I, fence. Yes, dude, I'm really on the fence. Less, I made a bet on Twitter. If you guys did not see, with um, at DLFP tweets, Pierre and Malcolm, hosts of the Pride Podcast. And me and Tyler, the other host of the Pride Podcast, made a bet that the Lions will not win more than nine games this season. I love my football team, and I hope they do, but I don't see him happen. I don't see that happening. So, do you so, think the twenty nine, the twenty twenty roster is better than twenty nineteen? Yes, I think the roster is night and day better. Do I think it's so? Do four you think wins it's better? at least one no. game better? Yeah, I think it's one. Because we both just agreed they went eight, seven, and one. Yeah, I think it's one. I think two games is asking a lot. Ooh. As dumb as it sounds. I gotta disagree with you there. Okay. We'll see, though. 
We will. I'm, man, I'm going to be excited with Hawk. I am so excited for Hawk. I know this happened last year, but I'm excited for Hawk. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have, yeah. <laughs> Different thoughts. No, I totally love Hawkinson. It's just frustration with, I don't know if it's Daryl Bevel. I don't know if it, anyways, I don't know if it's Stafford. But mm-hmm. he's so uncoverable in practice. And then we don't use him during the game, unless it's like a week one game that we tie. Anyways. Oof. Yes, that actually, no. tra- that yeah, actually no. transitions perfectly into our next section. Good. Uh, Go for see. it. So, of course, this is the section where we talk about our top tweets of the week. Or not week, couple of days. Yes, sir. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to grab my phone. Boop, boop, boop. All right. So... Yeah, we've all been hearing about how TJ Hawkinson is uncoverable and has been battling Tracy Walker and Jermaine Kearse. Um, and this Lions fan page on Twitter wrote that TJ Hawkinson has been pissing off Tracy Walker and Jermaine Kearse and all the safeties in a positive way. The safeties have admitted to becoming very frustrated with how with with Hawk and how dominant he's been, but they love the competition. <laughs> it's like fantastic, like hell yeah tweet. And then J Ron J. Ron Kirst responds, who's been, like, battling Hawkinson in, in training camp, and he's like, whoa, now. <laughs> um, so that was my top tweet of the week. I love it when players respond to these kind of tweets where you really don't expect expect them to, and it's it's fun banter back and forth. Yeah, you know? exactly. That's exactly the word I was about to use. It's great banter. And, yeah, Lions Brawl posted that. And J. Ron Kirst thought that was pretty funny, so I had to chime in. I, I like that a lot. Um... Ah, okay, I'm going to go for a twofer. And there, there are multiple tweets, so this is going to be a little bit. But first, we're going to start off with um, Pro Football Focus. They posted on Instagram asking who's going to win the NFC North. They only gave three team options. Who do you think they left out, if you had to guess? The Chicago Bears. <laughs> they didn't even oh. put them as an option. Oh, my gosh, that was funny, man. <laughs> Like, like that, just already written off. Like you're just, just a waste of a season. It's just funny to me. That was that was really funny. But yeah. um, okay, a series of tweets off of an interview by. People are probably gonna crucify me for this, but my favorite running back on our team, um, Carry On Johnson. Uh, yeah, you heard me right. Um, so Carry On Johnson on posting, uh, not posting workout videos because everyone is getting after him, because Swift posted workout videos, and KJ didn't. I thought that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Who cares if you film crap? Um, He said, I don't have a guy that goes to the gym with me to film me. He said, and I'm not paying anyone because I love my money too much. (laughs) That's me, man. I completely get that. That's, yes. Like, why are you going to, I'm not going to waste money on something like that. Hell no. I'll just work out. That's all I got to do. Um... And then, in pertains to his knee brace, he said, the knee brace is one with me. I am now the knee brace guy, and I am a part of the knee brace just as much as the knee brace as a part of me. (laughs) He's just weird, man. He's one of the most comical guys I've ever met as a Lions player. And last but not least, when asked about if he could learn anything from Swift, especially as a receiver, (laughs) he said no. My body can't do those things. <laughs> His honesty. Oh my gosh. 
It's awesome. I love that guy. So yeah, you say whatever you want, but that's my favorite running back. He's amazing. Love that guy. I'm not. I. I may not be most excited. I may not be the most excited for him as I am Swift, but he's my favorite running back. So, yeah. Uh, you got any other thoughts or comments before we go ahead and wrap up episode five of the Blue Blood Podcast? I don't. I think I'm good. Alrighty. Sounds good. Thank you very much once again for joining us on episode 5, the 2019 season recap of the Blue Blood Podcast. And sorry about that going a little wrong. Well, a little long. We were actually planning on keeping this a little shorter one. But that's what happens when we start talking about Darius Slay or about Matt Patricia. I tend to babble for a little while. Anyways, thank you guys very much for listening to episode 5 of the Blue Blood Podcast. This is your host, Jonathan, signing off. Peace. And this is Colton. We'll see you guys later.